This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Ezekiel chapter 31, verse 1 to 4. All right, it says, um, please, um, I'm going to also quote the from the Living Bible Translation, that's W2 Media, so I think I've used it here before. Living Bible translation too. Now, so it came to pass in the eleventh year, in the third month of the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his multitude, whom art thou like in thy greatness? Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon with fair branches and with a shadowing shroud, and of a high stature, and his top was among the thick boles. The waters made him great, the deep set him up on high, with his rivers running about his plants, and sent out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field. Now, how about living Bible Transition, if you have it there. Verse 4. All right. Living Bible translation, Ezekiel 20, verse 4. Ezekiel 31, verse 4. All right, may not have it. Okay. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 and verse 6. Put up Luke chapter 8 and verse 6, please. Put up Luke 8, 6. All right. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Verse 13. And they that were on the rock, all right, they on the rock are they which hear the word of God and receive it with joy and have no root in themselves. Uh, The Bible says that, or have no root, which for a while believe. And in the time of temptation, they fall away. So in the time of temptation, the scripture said, uh, they fell away. Sorry, I want to pull out. Okay, just want to pull out something. Um. I don't have the internet here. All right, uh, let, let me just try and pull out um, Ezekiel in. What have I done to myself? What have I done to myself? Ezekiel 30. No, I know what I'm doing. Huh? No, I, no, I'm not. That's not. That's not. I'm doing something. I'm trying to find the translation that will work. Hmm? I don't have the trans- You don't have the Living Bible translation. Aha, that's it. All right. His roots went deep into the moist earth. It grew luxuriantly and gave streamlets of water to all the trees. So it tells us, uh, and we've looked at this, that the roots of the plant grow, all right, put it back up, to the moist earth, verse 4, all right, it went deep into the moist earth, 
or it went deep until it got to the moisture that was in the earth. Uh, and we've explained that it's just like the technology of the borehole. That is, it's an understanding that when you get to a certain depth in the ground, you are going to access water. And so he said, when the pressure is on, that that seed that is planted, which is the word of God, now begins to grow, all right, its roots, searching for moisture. And so there is a form of development in understanding that begins to happen in that person. It's not visible on the outside, but it's a search, all right, for an understanding of that particular thing that seems not to be producing, that there is pressure and all of that. And so the search starts. Now, people that fail, what happens is, once there is pressure on anything they're doing, all right, in any situation where they are, they are going to change. In other words, I'm going to get out of this particular situation because it has become inconvenient for me and I will escape, all right, out of it. You know, there were two types of, uh, well, the high priest had two animals it used to bring on the Day of Atonement. And one, it replaced one hand on one and the left on the other. One, all right, that he lays his hands on is for the iniquity of people. And that one is killed and it's taken, the blood is taken into the holiest of all. The second was called the escape boat. And what happened was that one escapes into the wilderness. And it's a type in life that when pressure comes, all right, some people surrender themselves. That's why Jesus would say, if, if, you, if you won't lose your life for my sake, right? Instead of them just, you know, trying to get themselves out of that difficult situation by an external movement, what they do is that they grow, all right, their roads deeper into that place, because uh, the one that was escaped us went in the wilderness and, and just, you know, keeps roaming. But then one grows deeper its roots until it gets to that moisture there in the earth and then it begins to blossom. And so the other person or people look and say, you mean in this dry ground as a tender plant you have come out. Uh, and you have blossomed. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 53. We'll see this here. Isaiah 53. Alright, verse 1. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender plant or shoot, like a root out of dry ground. So you wonder that, how are you growing out of ground that is dry? It's because there is an understanding that if you take the roads deep, you'll get points where you will, all right, find moisture, and then things will begin to happen. So, the Bible says here in Isaiah 53 verse 3, verse 2, He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance, alright, that we should desire him. But then it comes to the point where a total change now begins to happen in the life of this person, alright, towards the end. And there is development and growth. So the appearance looked like there was no form. But then it took root and got to that place of moisture. And I want to share on that in terms of moisture. Because in Luke chapter 8, we saw in verse 6, it says, they that fell upon stony ground, Luke 8 and verse 6, it says, they that fell upon, 
alright, stony ground there, it sprung up and it withered away because it lacked moisture. So it didn't fail because of the harshness in the environment. It failed because it lacked moisture. Do you get what I'm saying? But the environment revealed what it actually had access to. So you can blame the environment. Do you get what I'm saying here? See, two people built a house, one dug deep, and laid the foundation on a rock and built a house. The second one did not lay a foundation, just build a house upon sand. The wind blows, one collapses, one stays. You'll say the reason why this one collapsed was the wind. Do you get what I'm saying? So Nigeria is not making anybody feel. Is lack. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me say it plain English. Because when I say he's asleep, they say we don't understand. What I say he said he's dead. All right? Plain English. The environment is not what makes a person succeed or fail. It's whether you have roots that has reached the place of moisture. Do you understand? I know you don't like the message. That is the truth. All right? That's the truth. Okay? And wherever you go, you have to get to moisture. All right? You have to grow roots there. And the time where you have the opportunity to grow roots is where there's difficulty on the outside. So then you begin that search. In other words, you have that dream there. Uh, the environment is not what uh, will, is the enabler. It is actually wisdom. Cancel in the heart of a man is as deep waters. So it's something that you search out there and begin the search and get into the place all right, of death. And, and we can easily tell you how you begin all right, that search. If you do the search just by you just praying alone, and trying to discover it just by yourself, you will fail. The way it is done is that you go to Job. And this is not part of my message, but let me just show this here. Job chapter 8. Alright? It says, verse 7, Though your beginning, alright, was small, Yet your latter end shall greatly increase. He says, For I inquire, I pray thee of the for inquire, I pray thee of thy former age, and prepare yourself to the search of their fathers. In other words, he says, Ask the former generation, find out what their ancestors lent. That's why this talk that people say in the talk, where young people, listen, listen, don't anybody, don't, don't listen, listen, listen. Let me tell you the truth. I'm not seeking popularity. It's the truth we are saying. One of my staff was arguing with me inside the office. I was young, I said, okay, do you know more than you know? How old are you now, 32? Do you know more than you knew when you were 22? She said, yes. So when you are 42, will you know more? Answer now. She said, yes. When you are 52, will you know more? Because if you don't know more, then, then it means that you are not growing. Are you following what I'm saying? Because young people say, ah, you people are, uh, um, what did someone say? They say, we stand on the shoulders of those above us and we'll learn. They said, no, we don't need to stand again. We'll use drone. <laughs> Listen to what I'm saying. Have you forgotten that the generation before you could have said we'll use helicopter? Do you get what I'm saying here? Why didn't they say to the generation before, we'll go on the plane? It's just like saying, be born now, don't go to school. What do you go and do in school? You go and learn what the previous generation already knows. Do you get what I'm saying here? If you go to school and teach your arithmetic, they are telling you what they have already discovered. All right, don't go to school at all and just manifest. Brilliance. You cannot think about, all right, you can't think about some things. You can't even... Look, in 1980, people couldn't have certain dreams because the internet was not in existence. Are you following me? The mobile phone was not in existence. 
Then you had a black phone that you turn and wait for it to go back and then turn it and then go, 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 bam. And then go, who, do you put an app on that one? So if you are saying today you are building an app, you are building on the labels of other people. And what did Jesus say? He said, how do you cut it short? Now, I know many people, even the older generation, want to get popular with the younger generation, so they just allow them and then they will be saying, yes, yes, yes. But it's not the truth. How, look, John, in John, Jesus said, I've sent you into a field where others have what? Labored. So what you do is you enter into the labor. They said it's going to take four months before the harvest. He said it won't take you four months. He said if you go to the field where others have labored, you'll get the harvest now. In other words, you cut short the time of manifestation if you learn from the previous generation. Simple. You understand that? So what you do is you take it to the next level there. So he says this, ask the former generation and find out what the ancestors learned. For we are born only yesterday and know nothing. And our days on earth are but a shadow. In other words, you don't have the time in your own lifespan to acquire all the knowledge you need. Are you following what I'm saying here? All right? Even the clothes you are wearing is, is development of clothes now. If you go to the beginning, then you'll be walking around are you, with leaves now. It's the levels of somebody you are entering. All right? So you are on that, and then you build on that, and that's how. So that search there. Once you get into a particular situation there, right, and you want to find wisdom, you're prone to God to give you wisdom, and then begin to search. You get books all right, of people that have written things and read things and you begin to read books, what you are doing is you are searching for that water. You are searching for that water. You are searching for the understanding, all right, that you actually require, right, to make things work. And as you get into that understanding there, then things begin to unfold. But there's something I want to share about this root here. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, all right, to verse 20. Now, so what's this root that you're growing and this moisture uh, you get to? Let us look at it from one angle. Ephesians 3 verse 14 to verse 20. Paul said, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in earth, or in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you According to the riches of his glory. So, riches of his glory is the inheritance that we have. In other words, if your father has left inheritance or mother for a child, then if you say, how are you going to buy this house, all right, and this car, all right, since your salary, which means your own personal labor, what you are getting is a fraction of the house. Then you tell that person, I will buy it, all right, according to the riches, all right, or the glorious riches that my father left for me. In other words, this is not coming from my own labor. It's coming from the estate of my parents, all right, and so from that estate, there is an income that is coming. So it's telling you that the inheritance that Christ left for you, that estate is what he calls riches of his glory. So when he says that, God will supply all of your need according to his riches in glory, he's talking about that inheritance will be spent to make sure on this earth all of your needs are met. So expect something unusual to start happening in your life and for doors to start getting opened up over and above what your own personal input is. So we'll look at that, but just to explain that. So he said, according to his riches in glory. One of the things in the riches is glory here. Now, you all know that if you don't know your inheritance, whoever has it will keep it. Are uh, you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So, we study to know what Jesus left for us. So, you can know what to make a demand for. 
Now, according to his riches in glory, to be strengthened with might. In other words, one of the things that that inheritance will give you is unusual strength. In fact, in the Greek, to be strengthened with might, that word might means the ability to do anything. In other words, when you are strengthened with that might on the inside, you can go through any situation and people will wonder how you survived that thing and you are calm and you are collected. It's the strength of God on the inside of you that has kept you going. All right? Trying to think. Whether it's a Christian song before I say it. <laughs> that song that says something inside so strong. I mean, you know the song? I know I can make it. Uh, whether it's, it's inspirational, Sean. Abby? You don't know the song? You don't, you know it. If you know it, we are together in this. That, that's why. That, okay, I'm trying to sing it now. Uh-huh. So it's something inside so strong. It's almost like some, it's a might that just keeps you. All right? You yourself, you're amazed that you survived this thing. You are impressed with what is there. Which means you thought, but it's a might there. Alright? That's why the Bible says, in the day of adversity, if you fall, your strength is what? Small. Now, so note this. Because you're going to see the importance of this strength. So Paul prayed for them that you might be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Okay? Now, the reason is this next verse. It says that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. That you may be what? Rooted and grounded in what? Love. So that the roots there of this thing is actually a love work. And when you begin to grow the roots there, and that's why when the Bible says was put upon the rocking ground. Now, rock and, and offense, uh, it's when the Bible calls it rock of offense. So it's like a heart that is easily offended. So if you, you know, you know, there are people that, people that you're around them and it's like eggshell. You mustn't do anything. They just, they just I mean, it's like any small thing. They get offended. Okay? And then there are people that, People treat them in a certain way and uh, they still, they are, you know, they are calm, cool. They see the person, they continue a discussion. And you wonder, where do you, where, I mean, you are talking, after all what happened, you are still, it's inner strength. So it says that you may be rooted and grounded in love. So the roots there that are growing out are are roots of love. In other words, God wants you now to start as the pressure comes. So you are reaching out for something and trials and tribulation or persecution ariseth for the sake of the word. Now a trial is a test. A persecution is a treatment from people. Do you get what I'm saying here? So you can be going through a test that is just a test. But then it can be, there can be persecution with it where you are now, all right, being, being treated wrongly by people. Now, God allows that because that's where the roots now begin to grow. Am I going to say this? And you need strength, all right, inner strength. And you need to know that you need strength. I'm going to say this. Because you need strength to be able to get rooted in the love of God. And get grounded in the love of God. Because every test in your life is actually a love test. Is testing you whether you have genuine love for God or testing you whether you have genuine love for people. It's a love test. If somebody betrays you, you pass that test of betrayal, alright, by forgiving that person. Once you forgive that person, the outcome that God has planned will come out. Do you get what I'm saying here? If you are disappointed, alright, as something that, this has to do with anybody now, but maybe you believe God for for a job, and you didn't get the job, and, and you are disappointed inside your heart, that disappointment is towards God. 
Now, it's a test of whether or not you love God. In other words, are you going to thank him and praise him and worship him still? Or you are going to withdraw and say that I'm upset and say, well, but I fasted and I prayed and I, and I gave and all of that and it didn't work and all of it. And you withdraw and say, well, I won't be in church. You don't know what I'm going through. Uh, you get what I'm saying here? That means you are pulling. That means it's a transactional relationship. In other words, what you really are doing is you are using God to get something. So God says, if you pass that love test, what's that love test? If after you experience the disappointment there, I see that you worship me in spirit and in truth, without you getting offended, you will be shocked at what God will do. And that's why when Job was facing his test, it was a love test. The minute Job prayed for his friends, God turned his captivity around. Look at every test as a love test. Either testing my love for God or testing my love, all right, for my fellow man. Well, I worked, I invested all this inside this place. They fired me. It's a love test. You are here going to be angry at God. Are you be angry at God and at people? That means you failed the trial, you failed the persecution. You follow me, say there. So you are guaranteed, except we want to lie to you, that you will have disappointments naturally in life. Do you, are you following what I'm saying here? But if you pass the test. You get disappointed. There are things you hope for and it will materialize when you thought and how it will materialize. You will you have that. But it's a test. God is just, he just saying, all right, will you pass this test? Will you pass this test of love? Will you say that God, you know, I mean, and, and the reason why God is doing that is that God looks at it. You know, he knows what your the aspirations of your heart are. But you may be interpreting that aspiration wrongly. For example, listen to what I'm saying here. The aspiration of your heart may really not be to that. You see, a person who says, I want to leave Nigeria, I'm relocating. The aspiration is, I want to prosper. The aspiration is, I want to be able to express myself. I want, that's the aspiration. The aspiration is not necessarily that I just want to live. There is something deeper there. So God can look at it and say that in three weeks, I'm going to open up a door for this person where they get a job in this particular place, where they'll be traveling the world, earning in dollars and all of that. Now, if you knew about that and you looked at it, you probably will take that other one. You will take the one that God wants to give. Are you following what I'm saying here? And that, and I say, well, but but I will still have Nigerian passport. You, you know, because I know what you are thinking. All right. And God says, they said, after some time, the nation where you are going to, where we offer you, say, He looks at everything. You understand what I'm saying? And and He knows the aspiration and says that now this is a love test. So the love test is. You did everything, prayed. The visa officer said, "We are sorry." And I come back. All oh, this who have begged, they say, "We well, should prophesy." To you. He said, "I should prophesy." I prophesied to the visa officer. He drove, he drove me out of the place. Are <laughs> you following me, yeah? He drove me out. Now, I want to share something. It takes. It's not your natural might. It takes strength to survive those things. Without inner strength, you get offended. I want to show you something. Without inner strength. That's what God was telling Peter. Uh, Jesus. He said, Peter, better let's pray. For the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. When the angel came to Jesus, what did the angel do? Strengthened him. Or else, Jesus will have been the first one to, to, to cut off the air of... of and I said, ah, Jesus, what's happening here? Uh, he will have cut off the air of the trap. But Jesus had strength. So, Listen, you only lose because you are not making use of your resources. And many a times it's because, you know, you, you, you are too, con- and I'll get it, you are too confident in your own strength. 
So the roots there, okay? I'm going to move fast because this is just. All right? So the battle is to get you out of the law of work. Now, let's read on that scripture. I want to show you what, where God is taking you to this. All right? Let's show you because he taught me something to do. It says that, now, put verse 17. It says, Christ may dwell in your heart by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. Now, as you begin to work in love, you know, the Bible says he that Works in hatred, work, works in darkness. Alright? He that works in love, in First John says, works in the light. And there is no occasion of stumbling in him. In other words, that light that you need, that revelation that you need for that alright particular thing. And that's why you should never get, you see, it's a love test. You shouldn't get all right, offended at anything that is happening. But you can only be in that place because you constantly ask God for inner strength because you know that in life, offenses will come. And the way you respond is whether or not you have that grace called strength. So, it says you rooted and grounded may be able to comprehend with all the saints, all right, what is the length, breadth, and the height, and then to know the love of Christ. That's to experience the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now it says this is what God is going to do at the end. Verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according all right, to his power or his might that is at work on the inside. So if you pass that love test, you're going to get to the point where God will do exceeding abundantly above what you asked in the first place that you got disappointed in. Do you see what we're saying? But it takes strength. Alright? Because in your experience, what has happened is he has led you Beside green pasture, oh God, I love you. Jesus, man. Because in green pasture. And then he takes you beside the still waters. Oh, this God is one of our God. Then suddenly he now leads you through the valley of the shadow of death. Are you following what I'm saying? And then you say, what's happening here? Valley of shadow of death. Now, if you don't have strength at that particular point, you throw in the towel. But it's only those, I repeat, only those who walk through the valley of shadow of death that will find a table prepared. You can't get to that table without walking through the valley of shadow of death. So once they get through the valley of shadow of death, they know this is a treasure hunt. Do you get what I'm saying here? That this is where men are separated from boys. The test is a love test. They forgive people, they intercede for them, they pray for them, they know that, listen, if I enter, you see, Satan knew he didn't get Jesus. As he was destroying his body, Satan, and they were beaten, Satan's own issue was that it wasn't the physical body. He was firing arrows at the heart of Jesus. Number one, he got Judas, somebody he trusted to betray him. He saw that Jesus didn't respond to the betrayer. He said, friend. Ah. He said, this man is still in the light. He got people that Jesus had healed, their children, to come and say, crucify him. Jesus looked and at the end he said, Father, forgive them. For they are, Satan said, we didn't get him. Because you have passed from death to life. Because you love the brethren. That's the test. Do you see what we say there? From, uh, I don't know what they do now, but back there, from F1, F9 to A1, because you love, what, what do you do now? H, H, F, you don't do F9 again. <laughs> you still do F9? Because, you know, generations have changed now. They say people shouldn't compete, there should be no test, all men should be winners. So, F9, <laughs> you're laughing. You don't know what has happened. Nobody, there's nothing like winning a match again. We just played for playing sake, so that people don't lose their sense of self worth. 
and it's, ah, you don't know where the world is going to. No one's going there shouldn't be competition again. The children are hurt. When you say this one came 30th in class, you are destroying their self. Oh boy, you came 30th. <laughs> uh, you are destroying their image. All right? So you move from there because you do what? Love the brethren. Okay? So it's a love work there. So you get where God will do exceeding abundantly above what you asked or what you thought according. So before Peter got to the place of exceedingly and, 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 and he says that you may know the love of Christ. You see, when you get to that exceeding abundantly, you will know, how, you will know the love of Jesus. You see, when God does exceeding abundantly above, that's what is called the abundant life. When he exceeds all of your expectation in what? Then you have experienced the love of God. You see, when we will experience, it's just like uh, the, the testimony on Sunday, when I got to God, I just said this by inspiration. I said, look, when the lady spoke to the 20 billion and, and Lord, she experienced something called the love of God. You get what I'm saying? Now, do you think Normally, except that's why people are, do you think if somebody owed her 10,000, she'll go and look for that person? After they let go of 20 million. That's what happened to the man. After they let go of his own, he went to grab somebody. So, many people don't operate in love because the Bible says we love because he first loved us. So many people don't know that because they haven't experienced that love. And it, it passes all knowledge. You can teach somebody, but when they experience that love, it does something to the soul of that person. And the way you get there, all right, and that's where you get to that exceedingly abundant. So Peter, before he got to exceedingly abundantly, because that's what happened to him, where he saw the fish and said, look, I'm a sinner. A sinner in the sense that he said, I'm not worthy of this thing. This is beyond me. But when Peter experienced disappointment and toiled all night and caught nothing, he passed the love test because Jesus came to meet him. He didn't give him the miracle first. He said, lend me your boats. Somebody toiled all night and caught nothing. In that state of frustration, a stranger comes to meet you and says, can you push me? Push me. You saw me mending my net. Do you get what I'm saying here? You saw me mending my net. Then you are saying again, push me. It's like a person's car breaks down. He's trying to repair the t- uh, that. And then somebody, while he's looking for uh, somebody to help, there's no spanner. Another person comes with Kekemawa. And then he says, please, can you push me just to start? <laughs> you look at me and say, <laughs> you see the problem, my man? You are saying that I should. All right? But uh, there's always a love test. In any trial you're going through, look for the love test. Uh, do you get what I'm saying here? Look for the love test. Ah, somebody, you know, walked out of your life. That is a love test. It's a love test. Okay? So, pass that love test. Now, in order to pass that love test, and then he says you will experience. Now, please, look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7. This is the purpose of God for us. God's ultimate purpose is that you experience his love. That's his ultimate purpose. Which is his power working in you way beyond what you asked and way beyond what you imagined. Alright? That is his goal. Abundant life. That's God's goal. That's what Jesus... He said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you may have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. In other words, I want you to be experiencing this exceeding, all right, abundant, exceeding above what you asked or thought. And we are decoding it here. We're looking at how you get there by that strength that causes you Alright, so pass tests that, and that's why Jesus got to that resurrection place, because he passed those tests. 
Ephesians 2 and verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches, you see it again, his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ. So God wants to show kindness. He wants you to, 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 I mean, to, to experience his kindness and his love. Now, he's eager to do that. Let, let, let me give an example of this kind of kindness. Look, look at 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 6. When Solomon got to the throne, he said something about God's kindness. He said, Solomon said, Thou art shown unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and upright of heart with thee, that thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that you reserved this kindness for David, that thou hast given, put it back down, all right, giving him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. In other words, he was saying that even when David was long gone, God defended the seed of David. That they must always, even when mightier armies came, to come and take the throne from them, God said, I gave it to their father, to the, this, their father there by a covenant of salt. You can't take it. God showed kindness for generations to come. That's what he wants to do. He wants to, but, but you could see that, but these people passed that test. David, in times of difficulty, didn't turn back. You are, you are not in a transactional relationship with God. Are you following me, Zedia? You are not. So, so it's not, it's not that, you know, I tried it the first time, it didn't work, I'm leaving. I tried it the second time, it didn't work. All right, I'm there. I tried it the third time, it didn't work. It's not that way. Are you, you understand it? You, but it, you have to, you, I mean, I, I wish there's some, you can't just share it like this in public. But I, I wish there are things you could share with people that people, un, that you understand. We didn't get to where we got to in Wavbeck. We didn't get there. All right? Just by... We went through provocation. Look, there was a minister once we had many years ago. He came and said something. He actually, he told me off for, for inviting somebody in the green room. I looked at him like this. I, because I wanted to tell him that this is why Nigerians don't invite Caucasians again to this country. You don't talk like this racism. And it was. Inside, I kept myself. And I said to myself, listen, I will not, that if I say anything, I will spoil, you, you have, you'll be provoked. Do you get what I'm saying? One day, when we did God's mercy, somebody in church didn't know, the minister he called me, he said, Pastor, he said, what happened? He said, he said, what happened between you and this minister? I said, why? He said, somebody called him in America and said, you, he said, you, the theme was the power of mercy. But he said, what your pastor did by bringing somebody to the rostrum, I understood the convention. He said, after what that person did, he said, Pastor, but you called him and gave him the pulpit. He said, after what that person did. Are you following what I'm saying? But if we make the mistake of just saying it, we color that person in your eyes, you'll be able to receive from the person again. And if God knows that you are like that, that any small thing you will trip, he can put, he will hold the thing back. Because then it's one thing, you get angry. You scatter the whole place. I mean, you know Kung Fu film, you know, it's the whole theme of, the script of a Kung Fu film is very simple. You kill my father, you kill my mother. <laughs> I come back and I kill your father and your entire family. That is Kung Fu film. You do something to me, I revenge. That's all. So this, I can't remember if this comes from violence or many years I was young. But this guy, they killed his father, killed his mother. So he went to meet a don who, who was training. And that one told him to be cutting logs. He came for training. He said, don't worry, I'll teach you. You will deal with them. But he told him to cutting logs. After six months, he just got angry one day. He said, you are using me. I came here to learn. I'm cutting logs. The man looked at him and said, the lesson has just begun. He said, because if you react, this is what I wanted to get out of you, your temper. If you react this way in a fight, they will get you. You have to be calm and calculated. 
He said, on that provocation, you must be calm. Or else, no matter the skill we give to you, we'll blow it up. No matter the skill you have in life, if you are soon angry at anything, the Bible says there's more hope for a fool. Because God will plant you in places with anger. You scatter. You open your mouth and say things to people that they will vow that this person, if I hear their name, And there's something I didn't teach when I was teaching divine helpers that I forgot to say. There's mentor, there's sponsor. Pharaoh was not Joseph's mentor. Pharaoh was his sponsor. You, many people are being mentored, but they don't have sponsor. A sponsor is somebody that will go to the United and say, I know this person, bring this person. Anger can scatter sponsors. Are you from there? One of the biggest black churches in America called me. My friend there, you know, called me and said, please, please, we want this person that spoke at Wafek to come and speak. We want this person to come and speak for us. And I told the person, he asked me one question, do you know them? I said, I've known them for 20 years. He said, I'm going. Are you following what I'm saying the reason why those ones are calling is that they believe. You know, we don't need to check again. If he has passed Pastor Podju's clearance, then he, he must have. So, so you are riding on many things. But if when we are doing the meeting, if I said something, you, they'll say, do you, just keep going, what's the problem? I, then they'll say, we get... So let me just close with this here. See, I had all these pages. I'm on page one. All right? So, no, I'll, I'll close. I, I, I'm I, I just, I just, this is serious. So the love, there is a test which is vertical. In other words, you show love, all right, to God, worshiping and praising him, regardless of what happened. And then there is horizontal love where you, Show love or right to people. You pass the test, the vertical test to God. You get revelation and insight. Because the Bible says, He those things He has revealed to them that do what? Love Him. Revelation and insight comes. You pass the horizontal with men. What is inside you get? Because there's unforgiveness. You may receive revelation, but it's blocked. That means the pipe, all right, gets blocked and nothing comes out. So you can speak to the mountain and have faith to speak to the mountain, but you have not love, the power doesn't come out. Do you get what I'm saying there? You can get the faith by hearing, and you got the faith, but it, your spirit gets clogged when you do that. So when you pass the test of praise there, all right, the revelation flows. When you pass your horizontal test, there is a release. Now, quickly, Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. I'll just do this in five minutes, all right? It can't be done in five minutes, but I'll just do five minutes and go. Okay, this was where the message was to start. The, I'm honestly, all that one was to get you. I was almost to teach the whole of the book of Matthew 18. Now, verse 1. Let me just see where I can get to. The same time, the disciples came on Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven? And then Jesus called the little child and set him in the midst of them. And then told them, verily I say to you, except you be what? Converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, when he said, except you be converted, the person he told that when you are converted, remember, we are talking about strength, eh? You know, Peter was saying that I will follow you anywhere. I will follow you. No matter where you are, I will follow you. Jesus said, listen, pray. Let's pray. We, you need strength. He said, Jesus said, I won't pray, but I will follow you. Jesus said, before the cock you will have denied me three times. As big and, and apostolic as he was, a small girl came and said, do you know Jesus? Is that me, Jesus? Is it wrong? Is this my twin brother? But listen, he denied. Jesus now told him, when you are what? Converted. Which means when you realize you can't do life in your own strength. You see, you need 
experiences to convert you. Because some of you feel you are intelligent. That you use drone. Do you get what I'm saying? You feel you are intelligent. You are intelligent that you can use. Until life slaps you. Pam, 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 pam. Yeah, it's not that people are, are stupid. Pam, pam, pam. I see these ones that are calm. It's not that they took. All right? When life slaps you, you know what's happening. All right? I mean, you feel that, you know, everybody loves, I'm liked, I'm loved. You know, I don't know why these people are having problems with people, I'm liked, I'm loved. Okay. And so it carries you in the air and then drops you. All right? They say pray before you start this. No, I just know, I know, I know, I know, I know. One friend of mine told me that he, I couldn't, pay, well, well, that, ah, what was the story? This, this was wicked. No, no, listen, manifestation of evil. What I said, there has to be a reason. By the time we traced the reason, it was, but she had done, um, like engagement and, and was get well, the boyfriend, that Saturday, she found out that morning the boy was getting married. In fact, it's worse than what I'm saying. I'm just saying it. So I won't have a problem here. So <laughs> Saturday he found out was getting married. So when she could see and said, How can someone do this way? She goes, I, I can do this. How can someone do this? How can someone do this? I said, What did the guy, what did she do to that guy? Because it's not normal. It's not normal. Alright? Now, that kind of person. If she survives it, do you get what I'm saying here? Because you may have felt you had God, you may have felt in your spirit. So it takes strength to do what? Survive. You know, Jesus told Peter, I said, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. If not that Jesus prayed for strength, Peter will have left ministry. In fact, Peter had gone back to fishing. So you can, you can collide with things in ministry. It's just like say, uh, Pastor God, you never. Pastor God, is too strong. He will be preaching for the rest of his life. It can't. You just see me one day. I say, listen, this church thing, I'm not doing again. Ah, you're not doing again. One day I can call. One day together, one day I say, oh boy, uh, haven't you ever heard of people? You say, boy, one day. What are all these testimonies? All the testimonies. I'm, what's going on? Say, I'm not doing. Again. <laughs> Say, I can't go and die. He's a All right? It takes strength. In fact, when you know this, if you say that you and somebody are friends, you'll be praying to God, give me grace for this friendship to be maintained. Not that we are homies. That's why people run into trouble. I say, but you are friends, you are friends. You see, you can't do anything you even will to do in your own strength. When you are converted, you will know it. That listen, you can be a student of Bible today. One year down the line, you are not reading the Bible again. I had people that raised me, raised me, raised me in terms of teaching me Bible that four years after were getting drunk. One chap told me, said, we were colleagues in this denomination, pastors together. They own beer parlors now. That's what they are doing. They'll put beer, I'll be drinking, say, come and watch. Say, that I was in ministry? Are you following me? That something hits them that they didn't know was in existence on this earth. That's what John said, Peter. He said, Peter, if I, by the time they went to get Peter, you know he was back in fishing business. You know Jesus went to get him. You know, the way he knew it was Jesus was that they caught abundance of fish again. They had to start from, from the beginning again. The way they called him, Jesus had to recall him to ministry. He had left. He had said this ministry we are doing. I beg. Somebody that done healing, signs and wonders, say, I beg, leave it. Didn't you see John the Baptist that said, this is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of God, that prophesied. When things hit him, he said, go and find out. Is it? <laughs> So, where, so God, look, there are many things that can happen that God just says, 
All we want is a lesson to be learned. Don't kill this person. Do you understand what I'm saying? This one to kill anybody. Let them just learn. And that's what he's trying to teach. That you didn't hear what, and, and of course, two things you need. Two things every child needs. A child knows that they need support, strength. And a child is always willing to learn direction. Do you get what I'm saying? That's why Solomon said, I'm like a little child. I don't know how to go out. Neither do I know how to come in. Therefore, he said, or I give me an understanding heart. So in life, you won't just depend on your what? Brilliance. And that's why I'm telling you that many brilliant people in life, because you can get cocky when you are brilliant. Intellectually brilliant in class, you are coming first, first. So it's a, when you get into life, you see the person that was coming 26th. And someone said, and someone said, say, well, I will say to your brother and translate it because uh, uh, is, is that even okay? He said, "They may." He said, "You we, In other words, I may not know book, but I know, I know the way. There are some people, "Tomowi, Tomowi." You are intellectually smart, but the way you don't know, and you'll be wondering. You'll be wondering. I mean, I have a friend. I was a friend, she, one time she was in the airport, she called my classmates. She said, ah, how can this guy be working for these people? They're not in I said, leave it. Intellect is different from God's. People that make it boldness, they will say they are $3 million in debt, they are calm. You'll see their names in, the, in newspaper, they are okay. You will be shaking, they are okay. Just don't worry about it. It will, it will blow over. They are in Supreme Court. They are fine. <laughs> EFCC is looking for them. They will that. They are okay. You, if they say that creditor is coming, you can't sleep. I hear them say, my landlord, they one day were working. They came to me and said, sir, you are owing some money. Just turn down. He said, even the United States government owes money. <laughs> what what's, is that why you are harassing me that I owe? The government owes money. In fact, another one who was using this warehouse, they came to harass him, owes money. He said, he said, what did you borrow? He, he was saying this. I was here. This place was a, a, a factual. And he was confidently. And he said, you owe money. I was looking at him. You owe this money. He told the guy, he said, listen, it shows you I'm blessed. <laughs> the man that came to arrest him, he said, can anybody in their right senses borrow you one million as you are? You are coming to catch me that old one hundred and seven something. Don't you know how blessed I am? You, he said, just check it. You can. They, do you know how the man was was? He said, it's the blessing of God. May they borrow me one billion. He said, that shows I'm blessed. He turned debt around, took debt and made it a blessing. I've just seen financial engineers that trade in debt, confident. I mean, you don't know. I hope, I hope you know that some of you that are jackpying, if you don't, if you are not in debt, they won't borrow money because they use credit score. In fact, if you come with cash, they'll say you did something. It's debt. You don't know. <laughs> so you just realize how much. Well, don't worry about it. We are, a, and they're calm. So those kind of people, they don't shake. They knock on their door. Can you come down? <laughs> a friend of mine said. One time, for who owed money, one committed suicide. Ah, said so they called them in their company. Ah, said it's not guy suicide care. When he goes with his briefcase to where they are, this money will. The only way we can get out of this debt is that you borrow me more money <laughs> to finance this business, or else, even if you hold me, do you get your money? No. He said, I, he said, he, on a, so you could borrow to a point where even the bank. Sends doctors, flies you abroad because you are now an investmentist. <laughs> are this an investmentist? He must be alive. Oh, he asked. So, are you eating well? Yes. Uh, they say there's a virus. I like, take everything. We mustn't hear that you have died. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. 
And by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish us in this truth and cause it to prosper in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.